0: everyone has a platform everyone has a voice and if you're one of those guys in our locker room you got a huge platform and they recognize that they have a lot of uh, power to uh, to create some good and some uh, positive change excited about having an opportunity to kind of change the course of where our country is going through voting and um, just young people a lot of young people are really involved as well so it's pretty cool it's good to see us unite in terms of uh, how important it is to vote and um, specifically around you know candidates and uh, people that are running for office that are protecting uh gun control uh things like that so trying to continue to raise awareness any way that i can what's up everyone welcome into locked on warriors i'm your host charles t hamilton a little different today as it is election day that was steve kerr kevin durant And Steph Curry urging you all to get out there and vote, and I am doing the same. I got my vote in today. I hope you all do as well. In California, you are able to register up until today, including today. So if you're worried about not being registered, you can go register at your polling place and wait in line, and you can listen to me while you're in line, too. So, I mean, that sounds like a win win from my perspective, at least. Maybe not yours. But definitely urging all of you to get out and vote as the Golden State Warriors are. And the Warriors beat the Grizz last night. So we're going to look at that. Coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up everybody, welcome in to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. As I mentioned, the Golden State Warriors beat the Memphis Grizzlies last night. I think 116-101. Was that the final? Look at me shorthanding the the dubs there. Pretty standard Warriors game, I think you could say. This felt like the Warriors of last year, not that they were half-assing the first three quarters or, or first half, excuse me, anything like that. The Grizz played well. They did what I think a team should do if their goal is to beat the Warriors, and that's play opposite the Warriors game. Teams try and match what the Warriors do and run with them, and you're not going to be able to do that. If you want a shot at beating the Warriors, you need to slow it down. You need to get it to your bigs. You need to be methodical in the half court. You need to play good defense. The Grizzlies did that for a half. They were up two at the end of the first quarter, tied at halftime, and then the Warriors did what we've known the Warriors to do, but they haven't really been doing this year. Destroy him in the third They were plus 19 in the third quarter Outscored him 34 to 14 And then the fourth was Kind of garbage time It You know, Clay still played a lot of it Surprisingly, Steve Kerr brought back Steph and KD To uh, To get a couple minutes in the fourth When they were up What were they, about 15, 16, something like that, I think So it was just to make sure, just to get him to that last that last point where, okay, we had this wrapped up. Because they didn't have it wrapped up with about six minutes left or so when he brought back Steph and KD. So a couple notes I had throughout last night's game. Not a ton, but just a few. Because it was, you know, it was oddly... It was exciting, but not exciting. There weren't a ton of storylines to come out. There was one that I will get to, but it's kind of the same one I've been talking about all year, and I'm sure you can guess. It's Alfonso McKinney. But anyways, in the first quarter, Damian Jones, he was aggressive early, but that led to a lot of foul trouble, a lot of fouls, five fouls uh, in 11 minutes for him, which is a problem. But one positive is he he was four for four from the free throw line. And for a guy who is going to get fouled a lot and get sent to the line a lot, And also shot, I think, like 56% in the G League last year. That's positive. He was four for four tonight, two for two last game. So he's hit six straight. That's a positive. It sure is. Clay started out rough. He missed his first three threes, hits his fourth, and the fourth one was a terrible shot as far as shot selection goes. He was. Smothered by Dylan Brooks, like barely had room to breathe and just jacks one up and, of course, knocks it down. Clay ended up having a solid Clay game. And you heard me talk about it recently. The, the, what's it called? The record breaking game was awesome. It was great. But he still hadn't gotten back to being consistently good. And the last two games he has, the last two games he is. 7 of 16 from 3, so that's 40-something percent, I believe, just under 50 percent at least. So, he was 3 of 7 tonight, 4 of 9 last game. So, he's he's getting it back at least, which is a very much so a positive because I've said it before, and I've said it, I think, every podcast since, is... As great as that record breaker was, he needs to get back to being consistent, and he did that uh, these last two games. Steph had a rough night, I guess you could say. I definitely, well, it's pretty funny because <laughs> I don't know what a bad night for Steph is. He went 6-17, of 3-6 from 3, 4-4 four four from the line, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. One steal, one block, big block, which was a funny moment that we'll talk about also. The five turnovers hurts, and 6-17 to 17 isn't great. You know, we can just be honest about that. But he did end up with 19 points. Probably his worst game so far this year, but again, that's it's not terrible. You know, he didn't go two for 10 and, you know, one from seven from three or something. He, he still, even when he's bad, he has a good game. KD was just his incredibly efficient self, 7 11 from the field, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 22 points, plus 25, he was just, he was KD. And here's the other thing with Steph, yeah, he struggled, came out pretty solid in the third, and was uh, plus 26 on the night, so, he did I he did just fine, he did just fine. Uh, one of the piece of bad news from last night, or at least bad news for the moment, is Draymond Green was injured, uh, foot contusion, I believe they, they called it, and he missed pretty much the second half, I believe. So it's something to keep an eye on, but x-rays came back negative, which is a positive, and he should be fine two days off before the next game against the Milwaukee Bucks I believe which should be a good one the 10 and 1 Warriors taking on the 8 and 1 Bucks so would be nice to have him for that game doesn't really matter because it's a regular season game his long term health is the most important thing but it's just uh it's just one of these things where Andre's been hurt Sean's been hurt. We all know Boogie hasn't come back yet, but Draymond goes down now too. It's just it's just one of those things, you know. It's like I said, it hasn't hurt hurt them in uh, in the record book at all. So not a huge deal, but definitely worth no uh, mentioning and monitoring moving forward. So that was the starters going to go over some of the bench players who really kind of stole the show tonight as far as storylines go and things like that. So going to talk about that coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way so stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a mcdonald's fry right now did you just stand because if you did then you earned yourself a trip to the mcdonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. support for this podcast comes from cdw and hewlett packard enterprise at cdw we get modern servers need to be flexi- flexible scalable and predictable i predicted you'd say that <clears throat> okay what would i say next Probably something about server security. Impressive and freaky. CDW can implement secure Hewlett Packard Enterprise Gen 10 servers that improve speed and performance while reducing reducing costs. See, predictable. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. I predict a web address. CDW.com slash HPE. I'm in your mind, man. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked on Warriors. Get out there and vote. So last night, <laughs> Kevon Looney, Quinn Cook, Jonas Jerebko, Alfonso McKinney, obviously, and even Jacob Evans all had solid minutes off the bench last night. So I want to talk Quinn because I mentioned it before and have obviously m- number of times that I'd like to see him get a few more minutes, a little more run. But I understand Steve Kerr has his ways of doing things, et cetera. I played a little clip yesterday of Steve kind of praising Quinn and his preparedness and attitude and, and figured that that was a prelude to Quinn getting some run. And he got 19 minutes, went four of eight from the field, four of five from three, seven rebounds, one assist. So I think the best part for Quinn and for me just as a, a spectator and Warriors fan is the fact that he was knocking down his threes. Struggled a little bit from three earlier, early in the year. I mean, we're still early in the year. We're 11 games in. But getting sparse random minutes, not really being able to work through what is quote-unquote a shooting slump for him is tough. But seeing him knock down threes is a good development because that's definitely something he should be able to bring to this team is points off the bench whenever he gets his minutes. So it was good to see 13 points overall for him. Solid game, solid run for Quinn. I was happy to see it for him and for the Warriors because I do think he can be a contributor. Kavon Looney is just freaking solid. Nine points, nine rebounds, three of those offensive, one assist. He just, he's, I understand why Steve Kerr loves him. And I think if you ask Steve out of the three young bigs, Kevon, Jordan Bell, Damian Jones, he'd, he'd pick Kavon, and it's understandable. He doesn't do flashy things. He's not the athlete that Jordan Bell is or that DJ is. He doesn't have the size that Damian Jones has. But Kavon Looney, he's just reliable. He was plus 26 last night, and those three offensive rebounds, He's we've always thought he was a solid offensive rebounder, but the numbers are starting to back that up. And not just offensive rebounds, but his offensive rebounding rate which calculates the number of available O boards you get during your minutes on the floor. And here are the rankings in the NBA right now. Kevon Looney is currently sixth behind Andre Drummond, Ed Davis, Yusuf Nurkic, Tristan Thompson, Derek Favors, then Kavon Looney, and his canter right behind him. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you don't follow rebounding like I do, but those are all guys, when you hear their names, you think rebounding and you think specifically offensive rebounding. So Kevon Looney's putting himself in that conversation. And he's proven it. I mean, he's doing a great job at it. And he's doing it consistently. To the point where the, he's going to be known for this. He's going to start being known for being the offensive rebounding big for the Warriors. Speaking of offensive rebounding. Alfonso McKinney. You know what? No. Nice segue, but no, we're not going to do that. Jonas Jerebko, he had an offensive rebound. Between Kavon Looney, Alfonso McKinney, Jord- uh, Jonas Jerebko, they, <laughs> this is some of the best rebounding the Warriors have had in a long time, especially coming off the bench. And some of the best bench players they've had in a while, as far as I can remember, since, for me, since... Leandro Barbosa and Maury Spates. And you can say that other players were better. And you know what? Other players were better. David West was better. But as far as not being afraid to take the shot, not having your confidence rattled, being on the floor with superstars, because I understand the thinking of, I'm on the floor with Steph, KD, and Clay. Why the hell would I be shooting it? Let's find them a shot. But at the same time, you got to play your game. You got to play the team's game also. If you have an open shot, you have to take it and you have to take it with confidence. And they've had trouble finding people that could do that in recent years. They've found two, three in my opinion, if you throw Quinn Cook in there. But they've definitely found two that have no problem jacking up shots. And the best part is they're making them. Now, I also understand the idea of yes, Do not take bad shots. And these guys aren't taking bad shots either. Jonas Jarebko, again, one of one from the three, two of four from the field, 7.6 rebounds, three assists, one block. I mean, come on. The guy was plus 12 in 20 minutes last night. He has been... For what he does, he has been the Warriors' best free agent signing in a while. Now, or, well... Because Kevin Durant was a free agent, uh, best role player, best minimum signing, however you want to put it, for what he does and what is more valuable to the Warriors, like Javale was good, David West was good, Ian Clark had good run, his first, uh, the first championship they won with him, and uh, and KD, but to find a guy like Jonas Jerebko that will come in knock down threes at the stretch four position. Also, people look at the warriors as this three point shooting revolutionary team and you know, their power forward shoots threes and this and that. I love Draymond. Draymond is a bad three point shooter though. They've never actually had a stretch four because in my opinion, a stretch four is someone who can knock down the three, a good three point shooter, just because you take them and don't make them doesn't mean that you're a a three point shooter. That's the funniest thing to me is there's this group of players in the NBA that are considered, good shooters, like, oh, yeah, we bring in so-and-so, and, you know, John lure can really can really stroke it. Shoots like 30%. So I, I don't know where that comes from. But, like, Joel Embiid, I love Joel Embiid, but they're talking about, you know what, he can take it out to the three-point line and he'll knock him down. Yeah, at a 30% clip, which is not good. So I that stuff's funny to me. But Jonas Jarebko has been a godsend. He's been incredible for the Warriors. but the real story and the story after last night was Alfonso McKinney and he's gonna continue to be the story. His his journey you know it's his journey guys. <laughs> I think only one listener will get that joke I'm making but Alfonso McKinney his journey to the NBA is awesome. It's something you would write a movie about and he has just continued to play out of his mind and be a major contributor to the best team in the NBA. He was 6-9 and nine last night, 2-3 three from three. Only two rebounds, but guess what? One of them offensive, three assists, 14 points. He's just, he just comes in, knocks down threes when you need him to, plays good defense, flies around, probably the best athlete on the team, maybe after Jordan Bell, maybe even before Jordan Bell, who knows. But Alfonso McKinney has been an amazing story for the Warriors this year. He deserves all the credit and accolades and, and run that I'm giving him and that the national media has given him because he's just a find out of nowhere. And I've said it before, the craziest part about this is, yeah, he was good in preseason. He was fine, but he didn't display a lot of what he's showing now. He didn't display that he was a knockdown three-point shooter. Pretty much he showed that he was a hustle energy guy and would go get rebounds, which, great, that's great. But he didn't show that he's a legit three-point shooter. He also didn't show that he's got pretty sick mid-range. A couple times last night, he'd get to the three, pump fake, one dribble, nice little 20-foot jumper, knock it down every time. It's incredibly impressive. It's out of nowhere, and it's a huge help to this team. And, oh, yeah, they have a team option on his contract next year for the minimum. So just a great find by the Warriors scouting department, Bob Myers. So I think it was Kirk Lacob who signed him because he wanted Alfonso basically for Santa Cruz because I believe Kirk is the GM for the Santa Cruz Warriors. Or maybe it was the other Lacob. You know it's hilarious, and this will all tie in, and one of my favorite things is Joe Lacob losing his mind on the sidelines or in the crowd. Alfonso McKinney hit just this ridiculous three last night. And see the TV, you could kind of see it at the TV angle, but it was much harder than that even looked. He was basically behind the backboard, like as far in the corner as you can get, in the left corner as you can get. Stabs the ball out of the air left-handed, Jacks up a three, knocks it down, and they cut to Joe Lacob just going nuts. It always cracks me up. I love it. But Alfonso McKinney, he's been great this year, and here's what Clay Thompson had to say about his newest teammate. Honestly, I don't want to jinx the man, but he makes his first shot every time he comes in the game since preseason, since I've been seeing him play, and he's so efficient and he fills up such a great role for us as far as, you know, being able to his defensive versatility, his ability to rebound and his ability to knock down jumpers he's a great athlete and i can't believe the guy hasn't been in the nba for years now but he took a crazy path and he deserves everything he's doing because he works really hard and i'm proud of zo he uh he's a great player and he's gonna be a great addition for us all year so there was clay on mckinney now look it's been awesome it's been incredible he's shooting 60 from three which i don't think is going to last if it does that's awesome He's going to regress at a certain point, but let's say at the end of the year, he's shooting close to 40% from three, you know, continues to play great defense, is a good offensive rebounder. Like, he is a find. He's not going to be this, like I said, 60% uh, three-point shooter, but he is going to be a player for the Warriors for at least this year and next year and probably years to come after that if he can continue to play well couple other things happened in the NBA last night. Going to cover those coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. Making you an old-fashioned today with Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the old-fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked on Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Finishing up with some news from the rest of the NBA today. Uh, Quick news, go vote. But so last night, the Denver Nuggets, big win against the Celtics. Jamal Murray put up 48. The kid is nice. He's legit. He's for real. He went off, obviously, but I guess the story, which is so stupid to me, is he, in the last seconds of the game, put up a three to try and break 50. Coolest, nicest thing in the world? No. But cry Re Irving, yeah, I said cry Re, thank you. Super clever. Tweeted it last night. Surprised I'm not, like, commissioner of the NBA after something that clever. But anyways cry re-irving through a fit he just i look just some super sour grapes some stupid uh, i can't believe he did that that's he said it was a bull move I, i didn't want to make anything out of it but then called it a bull move so i just whatever man You don't want him to go for 50, you know what you should do? You should have held him to 45, then he wouldn't have taken a 3 at the last minute. Or you know what, hold him to 20. Don't give up 48 on your dome, dude. Like, it's that simple. I remember people saying, oh, when JaVale took that 3 against Washington last year, that that was disrespectful. No, it's not. Being in a position where JaVale McGee is in at the end of the game and available to take a 3 is disrespectful to yourself. Have some pride in your game. Don't expect other people, don't expect your opponents to have pride in your game. You know? It's just some whiny... Man, I... I'm trying not to cuss as much, but it's tough when like this happens. Because it is pathetic, in my opinion. You don't want it to happen? Don't don't let them do it. Don't let them put up 20, uh, 48 points in a game. And don't be a crybaby about it. I just thought it was so whack on Kyrie's part and the the Celtics' part to make such a big fit over it. The uh, Kyrie took the ball and threw it into the stands. Like, that was so tight. That was bad-ass, Kyrie. Way to go. You, you sure proved him that you're the mature one after doing that. The whole thing's stupid. Like I said, maybe the three-pointer isn't the coolest thing most respectful thing in the world, so what? Deal with it. Be a man and stop him during regulation. Or maybe defend him when he's taking that three. I don't know. But just to make such a, a a fit over it was so whack. And it's one of the things I hate in all of sports. Like, you see it mostly in the MLB, which I think is pathetic. You don't want a guy to bat flip or have a slow trot or anything like that. Don't uh, throw a meatball that he hits eight hundred feet. It's that simple. So I just hate it in all the sports, and I hate it when it happens in the NBA because the NBA is better than that. The NBA, as I always say, is the best professional sports league in the world. But when something like that happens, and you know, Kyrie's crying over it, is ridiculous. Remember last year. Nuggets beat the Lakers, and Jamal Murray, as he's dribbling out, goes and dribbles around, uh, goes and dribbles around Lonzo. And people are like, what? Oh, so disrespectful. I love it, man. I'm a Jamal Murray fan because of this stuff. Get your pettiness up, you guys. Like, come on. I'm all about it. You can disagree. That's fine. But the whole disrespect and, you know, just throwing fits over it is, is whack. It's whack. All right, anyways. On to tonight's league pass picks. Kind of a slow night in the NBA. There's only four games. As far as the best game goes, I'll get to that in a second. Hawks and Hornets. Eh, I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be exciting. I like watching Trey Young, but no thanks. Wizards, Mavs, two, two and 2-7 teams going head-to-head pass. Uh, I mean, Luka Doncic is fun to watch, but that's kind of it. So I'm going to go with Nets and Suns and I know, you know, the records aren't great, Nets are 4 and 6, Suns are 2 and 7, but Devin Booker's back. The Nets have been a ton of fun to watch. They're a well-coached team and a well-run franchise now, which is new to them, and they're really fighting their way back to becoming a good good team. It might not be this year. There's definitely going to need to be some additions made over the next season or two. But I think they have some real pieces there with Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. So I would definitely check that out. Devin Booker's back for the Suns. He kind of makes that whole thing go. They can be exciting uh, when he's kind of there running the show, doing his thing, and then getting it to the plethora of three-point shooters they have. And then the main one, Bucks and Trailblazers. Bucks, as we know, 8-1. and one. They'll be playing the Warriors on Thursday. Trailblazers, 7-3. and three. They've been playing well. Love the additions they made this offseason. So, two exciting games that I'm definitely going to be checking out. Nets and Suns, Bucks and Trailblazers. Definitely watch those after you all go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote. vote. This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Peace. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Caspic, host of the Locked on Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked on podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation and transactions that will shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked on Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider.